Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, as, as a church, our senior pastors, Pastor Byron and Graham, the vision for this year is to grow. And so we're going to grow this year. And when you grow, you know what it's like when your kids grow and they get um, growing pains, and although they're growing and they have to move out of one set of clothes into another set of clothes? Well, can I encourage you this year, this is an encouragement, if you're going to grow this year, you're probably going to have to step out of one set of clothes and step into another. You're probably going to have a few pains in your life that are going to happen this year. But are you ready to, to oh, embrace the pain, embrace the change? Because out of that, God's going to grow you. And you're going to step into a new season and something even better than what you had before you started this year. I pray that 2023, as you leave 2023, you're going to be different than when you stepped into 2023. Not just the same old, same old, but something new and something fresh in God. So you're ready for God to move. Are you ready for God to move? Yeah, I hunger for God to move. I've hungered that since I was 17 when I first gave my life to him, and I still hunger for it. I've seen him move. I've seen him do miraculous things. And I just, I just don't want them more, but I want to see him moving. Moving and greater and greater and greater and greater than what I've experienced. So this year, I've entitled, we're going to grow. So I've entitled my message this morning, Cut to the Heart. Who knows the old song? When I said that, did that song go into your, to your head? Jeff, did it go into your head? That's the one. Except he doesn't love, make love a bad name. Is that how it goes? He makes love a good name. A good name. That's our God. So we're, we're, talk, we're speaking this morning out of Ezekiel 47. And, and last week I spoke out of Ezekiel 47 and I got into verses 1 and 2. And this week I'm going to do even worse. I'm just going to sit on verse 1. And it says, And then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south. Remember that word south of the altar. And if you don't know the story, this, is, this book in the Bible is written by a prophet called Ezekiel um, many hundred years before Jesus came, and he's speaking about something that's going to happen in the future. Something that, that we believe did happen and started, and we're going to step into what's, what's already happened. But more than that, we're going to step into more than what's happened. Yeah. There's going to be water flowing. Uh, I, as I looked into it, my first point, by the way, is, is what opens the door. And, and last week when I was doing a bit of research, um, and I said this last week, one of the, the rabbinic traditions or the rabbis speak about is that when Peter first preached his first sermon, he was actually standing on the south steps of the temple. And I find it amazing that uh, how Scripture lines up, as I said last week, and I'm going to draw a bit of a bow from that, and we're going to go a bit deeper. But you can imagine that this prophecy that Ezekiel spoke about, hundreds of years later, Peter stands on those very steps. And he preaches this sermon after the day of Pentecost, and water starts to flow. Water starts to flow. Something that a, a, a door that was opened by Jesus 
Peter stands and he starts to speak and the water starts to flow. And the water did not flow. The water keeps on flowing. And you do know we're part of this flow that happened back then at that time. And we're just stepping into our part to play in the flow of this water. So in Acts 2, verse 14 to 21, and then 37 and 38, I'm going to read this morning. And it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. And by the way, Jesus had died, he, was, he had been, he'd risen again, and he'd gone up to heaven. You might not believe that. I pray you believe that. I pray that, pray that becomes your reality, that you'd believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He came and died for our sins, rose again, and now he lives at the right hand of the Father. So then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jesus, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning because God had poured his spirit out. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Come on, old men, we're not left out. And even you young fellows as well, and girls. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. You ready? And they will prophesy. Time to step into your destiny, everybody. They will prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then the people heard this. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, I could just finish there. If you're going to step into that, I could just finish there. That would be all that you need. But I like to say this morning, the water starts to flow, and the water is still flowing. And this should be when we cheer and shout. We should shout up and go, yes, the water's still flowing. The water's still flowing through me. I'm not holding it back. It's still flowing through me. It's going to flow, and it's going to touch people in my world. See, Peter preached and he reiterated the, prof- the Joel's prophecy, I will pour out my spirit. He reminds him of King David's hope, and I didn't read this bit out, and God's promise that one of King David's descendants is going to be the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We all know who that was. That was Jesus. You know, they were cut to the heart. Have you ever experienced that happening to you? Have you experienced that when you, when you come to the realization of who God is and who Jesus is and you're cut to the heart? Can you remember that moment when it was like a light bulb turned on and all of a sudden you realize that this Jesus is real? And because he's real, it initiates a response in my life that I have to do something. 
and your heart feels broken because you haven't lived a life for him up to that point and you're cut to the heart. And, and I love it that even though we're cut to the heart, he rebuilds our heart. He renews our hearts. He puts us, gives us a new heart. So can I ask the question? You're cut to the heart when you, get, when you met God for the first time. But have you had those seasons in your life when you're cut to the heart? Cut to the heart because you just, you just need him so much in your life? Cut to the heart because I need more of you in my life, Lord God. Cut to the heart because I, I want to understand your word more. I want to better pray deeper. I want to better pray stronger. I want to see you moving in my life. And so this deep passion comes up within you and, you, and this deep hunger for what God has for you. See, these people knew the Jewish doctrines. They knew the laws. They knew the rituals. They knew the prayers. They knew the fasts. They knew the feasts. They knew the stories of faith. They knew about the great men of old. And some would have been following their faith and some probably weren't following their faith. But when Peter stood up and he talked about Jesus, it cut their hearts. Because one of the verses he spoke about was Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all Israel be sure of this. God has, made this, this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. They realized what they had done by crucifying their Lord and their Messiah. And they probably thought they'd missed the opportunity, but Peter gives them hope. They realized the absolute need for Jesus. They realized that this Jesus was actually Lord and Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one that opens up a door, opens up a door, and we can see the waters coming out from under the temple starting to flow. So what do they do? They repented. Isn't that a word you love? To repent? <laughs> Just to realize that you've done something wrong and, and then to feel sorry for what you've done wrong. Well, that word repent in Hebrew is teshuva. And repent, the word we know, comes from the Latin word to regret. And we all have this thought and this notion that to, to repent is just to feel sorry, to regret. And that, that's part of it, sure. But the Hebrew word was not repent. The Hebrew word was this word teshuva. And teshuva comes from the root term action. It comes from the verb to return. They realized, these, these people realized they were not living correctly and they weren't just sorry for their actions, but they chose, instead of walking in this direction, they chose to do a 90 degree turn and start to walk in this direction. They chose to leave behind what, what they knew was not correct and chose to turn around and follow a way of living that knew was correct. And can I encourage you, if, if God is getting dull in your life, if you're feeling like he's not there or you need a breakthrough, well, can I encourage you, maybe you need to turn away from something, to shuva, turn around and start going in a different direction. Not just a one-time repentance. We think of this word repentance when I'm first saved, but I'd like to encourage you this morning, maybe we need to do that more often, to shuva. 
to turn from one direction and turn to another direction. I love it during this fasting season when people that haven't fasted before, they love their food and they've chosen to go a different direction and fast. Teshuva. You know, if someone stole something from me and they just said they were sorry and didn't give it back, would you say they probably weren't really sorry? If you're a non-Christian and they stole something and they just said they're sorry and didn't give it back, you might lay hands on them. <laughs> if you're a Christian, you probably lay hands in a slightly different way. But it's a different story if they came to you and they gave it back. If they gave it back, then you might even say, okay, look, I'm glad you're sorry for what you're doing and I'm going to... I'm going to let it pass this time. Have you ever done that, by the way? Has anyone ever done that? I, I know when, when I was first saved, I went and made a few things right. Um, it was pretty embarrassing <laughs> to go and make things right. But I went and made things right. Because I didn't want, I didn't want stuff hanging on to me. I, I didn't want to be held back by, by someone's words cursing me or more than that having a war between me and God, and so I wanted to make it right, and so I went and, and made restitution on a few things. I don't know if you've ever done that. Um, not saying we have to do that, of course. But as God speaks to you, maybe it might be something you have to do. See, Joshua Herschel puts it this way. A change in man's conduct brings about a change in God's judgment. When we teshuva, we turn away from the darkness and towards the light, God pulls us toward himself. Isn't that a great thought? I want to be pulled towards him. There's a story in the Bible, and it's, you probably know the story. It's in Genesis chapter 4 and 45. And it's a story about Joseph. And Joseph, if, if you know the story, his, his brothers sold him into slavery. They were going to kill him first up. And then they sell him into slavery and he goes to Egypt and he becomes second in command of Egypt. And then there's a famine for, for seven years and his, his brothers who had sold him into slavery, not knowing that this is Joseph who was number two in command of Egypt, they have to go to. Well, they, they go to Egypt to get some food. And when they get there, Joseph sets them up a little bit and he, he puts some stuff in their sacks, some uh, uh, cup in their sacks, and in, in, to be quite, into one of their sacks was their brother called Benjamin. And so he calls them back and says, someone's stolen from me, and he sets them up, and, and he says, Benjamin's got to stay with me. You can go back. You can go back to your country, but Benjamin's got to stay with me. And his brother called Judah, who'd been one of the conspirators to sell him into slavery, stands up and he says, you can't hold my brother, it'll, it'll, it'll destroy my father. And by the way, Judah didn't care about his father when, when it first happened, when he sold Joseph into slavery. And he stands up and he says, you can't do this. You can't do this, it's going to destroy my father. He says, Take, let me stand in, in his, my brother's place. Let me stay here so Benjamin can go back to see his father. And that very instant, it, it, Joseph saw there was a change of heart. Joseph saw that something had changed and he teshuvahed. He'd gone from a place where he didn't care about his brother to all of a sudden something had happened among the years and something had changed in his heart. 
And he decided when his younger brother Benjamin was going to get held in slavery, no, no, I'm going to teshuva that. I'm not going to go the same way I was going. I'm going to go a different way. And I'm going to offer myself as, as a sacrifice, not a sacrifice, but to stay in his place. Teshuva, can we do that for the one? Can we do that for our friends? Can we do that for our workmates? Can we do that for our family? To come from the place of judgment where we hold them in, in, in judgment for what they've done, but to turn around and forgive them and say, look, God, I, I forgive them, will you forgive them? To come from a place of love and, and not to go as the world, go, world lives, the world judges, but to shuver and start to live our life as, as how God lives. See, once again, the Jews in Peter's time, when he preached that first, first sermon, they probably knew they weren't just going to have to turn around from one thing. They knew they were going to turn around from multiple things to follow Jesus. They knew they were going to be in a bit of trouble following Jesus as well. And yet they teshuvered, they turned around and they followed Jesus. There's another story in the Bible of the prodigal son. Two sons. One son gets upset. One son says, I can't wait for my inheritance. I want my inheritance now. In other words, he was saying to his dad, almost like, I wish you were dead so I could get my inheritance. He goes away, he gets his inheritance, he goes to a foreign land and he wastes all the money. Gets a job feeding pigs in the pig pen. He's got nothing else, so he eats the pig slop. And while he's in that pig pen, sitting there, probably reminiscing of his fate, reminiscing about what he had done, what does he do? He teshuvas. He makes a decision, I'm going to go from the direction I'm walking, from the pig pen, and I'm going to turn around, I'm going to come back to my father. We all know this, if you probably know all of this story, but most of us know the story. He goes to his father, and while he's walking towards his father, he's turning around. His father runs out to meet him, throws his arms around him, because he just longs to see his son yet again. And can I encourage you, when you turn around and you turn back towards God, God's there waiting, and he's going to run towards you. He's going to meet you in your place of need, and he's going to teshuva you. He's going to lift you up. He's going to put his arms around you. And those things that seem too hard all of a sudden are going to fade away because God's presence is all over you. He's there so close to you. See, that's the God we serve. It's not just a God of old. It's not just a God of these stories, but it's a God of reality in my life. It's a God that I've experienced. It's a God I want to experience again. And when we turn towards him, he's not going to provide you with lack because what did he do with his prodigal son? He put a robe on his shoulders. He covered him. He put his ring on his, on his finger, which meant he had authority. That's what God does for you. He doesn't just leave you where you are. He always brings you to a greater and a better place. Teshuva. Not just save from something, but save for something. You know, when I, was, when I was first gave my life to Jesus, straight away I started serving in kids' church. Straight away, and I've said this before, I started sharing the gospel. Straight away, all my mates at school knew who I was. They knew what I'd done. Copped a ribbing sometimes, but do you know what? All of them came to the Lord. All of them came to the Lord. 
went out and preached. I couldn't help myself. Didn't know what I was saying or what I was doing. I was probably hopeless. But I had to tell people about Jesus. I don't know where you've got to in your, in your, your faith. I don't know where you are sitting right now. I don't know whether you, you feel like you're exuberant and you want to tell people about God or, or whether you've just gone a bit cold. Well, maybe teshuva. Maybe you need to take a turn around and start to turn around to, to where God can meet you. And just like that, the father with the prodigal son, he's going to meet you. He's going to put a ring on your finger. He's going to put a robe on your shoulders. And he's going to empower you to go out and to do what you have to do for Jesus. Because you do know you're all called. You do know you're all called. You do know you all have a calling and a purpose and a plan. God has a plan for your life. It's just up to us to walk it out. So he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So my second point, and a pretty simple point, it has to be real. See, these people at Pentecost were cut to the heart. There's a, there's a verse in Psalm 42, it says, verse 1, it says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. This relationship between God and man, um, if you're married, which I am, we had our wedding vows. And on those wedding vows, there was a covenant made between myself and my wife. And those wedding vows went something like this, to love, honor, and obey or respect, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, to love and to cherish. And in Jesus' case, because I'd like to, to say this covenant, is, we should be saying this to Jesus as well, to God. In my marriage ceremony, we said, until death do us part. But in our covenant, we get to say, until in death we see you face to face. That covenant, by the way, God sticks to his side of the covenant. He never turns away from his side of the covenant. May we stick to our side of the covenant. For richer, for poorer, sickness and in health, for better, for worse, I'm going to covenant with my God. We both bring 100% to the table. And I know we fail. I know we, we sin, which is not living up to God's best. We make mistakes, but if we turn around and we teshuva, he comes and he meets us in that place and he sets us free. In Isaiah 54, it says, For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. In Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord, but this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. And this is for us. I will put my law within them and on their hearts I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. See, he's covenant with us. He wants to covenant with us. The greatest gift we can get is to, let's call it being cut to the heart. Because when we're cut to the heart, it opens up a doorway for us to see Jesus in a new way. 
And I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know where you're walking in your faith or what you're doing. But can I encourage you, if life is growing tough, things have happened that shouldn't have happened, and life throws up some really crazy stuff because we live in an imperfect world. But when we teshuva and we turn around, God has a habit of turning up. God has a habit of setting us free. And I don't know if you feel like you're not free this morning, but God can set you free. I don't know if you're carrying pain and hurt that's been weighing on your shoulders for so, so long and you're struggling to get rid of it. God can take that weight off this morning. I don't know whether you're estranged with your family members, but God can heal your heart so you can not be estranged any longer and they will see, they will see what's happened to you and they will come back to you. See, Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. And if you know some of the words this morning that we've got for this season, sorry, is we're growing wider, we're growing deeper in God. May, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. How deep and wide we grow is inexplicably connected to, to how much we believe, how long, how wide, how deep and how high God's love is for us. See, understanding God's word counsels doubt in our lives. It brings light to our paths. Experiences love cancels fear. Submission brings breakthrough. And worship brings intimacy and it puts our focus in the right place. And if the worship team can come up. A.W. Tozer wrote, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God, that any man, any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Ooh, tough words. Tough words. Because you do know that's what we're going to do in heaven. We're going to worship him. When you get up in the morning, does the thought come to you to worship Jesus? I don't know what you're like, but this prayer and fasting season for me has, has reinvigorated something deep down in here. And I find myself worshiping him, maybe not more, but deeper. I have this connection with him that, that's happened in this season that I lost a little bit of. And, and I want to worship him. I want to praise him. I'm excited to praise him. I'm excited to worship him at the thought when I come into his presence and I get to. And I know when I get to come into his presence, I'm reminded yet again of like that prodigal son. He came back to his father and I'm coming back to my father. I'm coming back to him and praise and worship where I get to praise and worship him yet again to experience him in a greater measure. Oh, people in this time, can you feel the river starting to flow? I can feel it starting to flow. I can feel in that very first verse I read out. As the prophet Ezekiel was brought back to the door of the, door of the temple, he looked in and looked at the temple and he could see the water flowing out from the temple out through the south door, down through the valley and growing as it went. 
Can you feel the trickle? Can you feel it starting to flow in your life more? Maybe you were knee deep before. Maybe you're waist deep. Well, maybe it's time to dive in and just get drenched in our God. Maybe if, you're not, if you don't know Jesus, it's time to take a step towards Him. And this river that flows out from the temple, maybe you're just going to experience ankle deep. But wherever you are, are you willing to go deeper in this season with God? Because if you go deeper, you're going to go wider. You're going you're to influence more people. Your experience in Him is going to grow wider. Your love for Him is going to grow wider. Your capacity is going to grow wider. It just happens. I can feel it starting to flow. Are you ready for what God's going to do in this season? I am so ready for what God's going to do this in this season. Can we stand this morning? I don't know where you're at. And, and Nick opened the altar before we started praise and worshiping this morning. But I know there's, there's people here this morning that have walked in carrying some stuff. And I would hope that you're willing to trust God that He's going to take that off you, to empower you. I know there's people who have walked in this morning wanting more of an experience with God. Because why else would you come to church? And if you want that this morning, can I encourage you to come up as we're going to worship and we're going to open up this front here and people can pray for you that you're going to have an experience with God this morning. That something is going to change, something is going to shift this morning and you're going to walk out of this place different than when you walked in. We sang a song this morning about mountain shaking. If there's a mountain in your life, something you can't overcome. Maybe it's an addiction that you just can't overcome. Well, we're going to pray that that mountain's going to shake and it's going to fall down before your very eyes this morning. Can we worship Him this morning and can I encourage you, if you need prayer, come out. We're just going to sing really quickly this morning and then we're going to carry on with our, with our service. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.